Hi, I'm Bill. And I'm Anastas. And we are the Uncommonwealth Podcast. Today we're going to dive into some, some history that is beyond our tiny plot of land here in Pennsylvania. We're not but a tiny plot. We're well, relative fit, to the world. You can fit Austria within Pennsylvania. Yes, you can. As always, we do say bad words. It's not safe for work unless you work at a like a like bar a cool or something. hipster, like a dive bar. Oh yeah, that too, or a bike shop. Like, yeah. a, like this Ca- seems like like an edgy bike shop. I'm not. I'm not talking about motors. I'm talking about like this. The, <laughs> You're talking about like, like cyclists, swing nice mm. shops. Anyway, a tattoo parlor. Yeah. So we're we're talking about fuck, Bill. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. Um... <laughs> But yeah, we're, we're, we're diving into the French Asylum. Yeah, French Asylum. Um, I'm probably going to say Asylum throughout. That's what you hear more often in Pennsylvania because it's English. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about French Asylum, which is a really interesting and part of PA history that I think people in the Northeast know about. And I think some people have like heard about French Asylum, maybe. But I don't, I don't think it's well known. Did you know about it? I, I knew about it, but that's because I, I read about it in as part of my study for the French Revolution okay. in, in high, college. I, I didn't know it before that, and I highly doubt most people do. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty pretty neat little... little. Uh, it, so this, is, this is an example of when you look at a textbook or something in history and you mm-hmm. see like a little footnote or a caption yeah, about exactly. it. This is this, but we're going to spend a good amount of time talking Being about like, that like footnote. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes the footnotes are the most fascinating part of history. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not the most fascinating part about the French Revolution. But, no, uh, but I, I, I but think I, it adds a lot of depth to. It shows another side of it. Yeah, it shows from the money bag side of things. Absolutely, yep. it shows more international ramifications of the French Revolution that we don't right. really think about. Right. Other than the the English really being afraid of what could happen in their country. Right. That's like the most I think about what it, because that's part of why Joseph Priestley fled, which we'll cover at another time. Right. And it does have some historical players that have some, some big names, some big names some that, big that, have, that names. had impact in the, in the States yeah. before this. Uh, and also after this as well too. So it's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty neat little, little episode that yeah. it, you can break out at like a, like a, if this ever becomes like a quizzo question, you'll know it. Yeah. But, or, you know, if you just want to kind of impress your friends and family, just be like, well, did you know about French Asylum? And they'll be like, what's that? And you're like, PA is important. And you'll talk about it. As an aside, what's your favorite French food? If you say French fries, so, so help. So help I don't mind. really have a whole lot of French food experience, if we're being completely honest. Baguettes. I do like baguettes a lot. You ever had a baguette dog? No, uh, maybe. So Jan, Jan, this is totally off the rails, but Jan made a, uh, for the, for the, Fourth of July, she mm-hmm. made a baguette dog where you basically just take like a big fucking baguette, baguette and they're huge and you hollow it out and it's that's a process that I you have. Put like a foot long in it. You put no, you put multiple hot dogs in it. Oh, okay. And you well before you do it, you squirt down ketchup and mustard, and you okay. try to coat it and you you pop them in there and then and then you you, you bake it and then it's wow that sounds great it's delicious yeah and it, and it's so hedonistic but America I'm fucking French forward. America give take what? that Creoles. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, <laughs> what um um. That's my because I've never been to France. I don't speak French. Uh, you know, Jan speaks French. Jan speaks to English, be clear, Anastas <laughs> is not racist against Creole people. No, no. What did I, did I say? Did I say <laughs> fuck you, Creole. Oh no, 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 no. It's, no, it's not. It's more like it's more like hey, I, I appreciate your 
your fine dining and your cultural <laughs> experience, but I'm gonna have myself some bread and bread and pork. So Jesus, some, some meaty. That is fucking hedonistic. Do, do, I like do have, it. Do you have any other experience with the French culture, Bill? I mean, <laughs> I've been to Bastille Day at the yeah, uh, at the, the, which um, Caesar's Night Penitentiary. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. God, I went Blake. I almost said uh, ESP. <laughs> I actually, we tried to go here when I was a kid, my parents, hmm. right at the, at the uh, house, but it was closed. Why was, um, it, why was it closed? It was a holiday weekend. Oh, they were no. Closed. Yeah. It's like going to Chick-fil-A on a Sunday and being yeah. pissed off. Yeah. But. <laughs> same exact I, feeling, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> clearly the same. I don't know. I don't really eat Chick-fil-A. Really? Yeah. No, like, like a. Like homophobic a, bastards. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, I can't win on that front, but it's really good chicken. <laughs> so. No, I feel like. <laughs> I, I just don't think about it. Like it's, it's oh. people are like, you want Chick Fil A? I'm like, have you ever had it? Yeah, it's fine. What do you mean it's fine? It's the finest fast food outside of Burger King in the country, man. All right, Autosauce <laughs> has an obsession with fucking Burger King, and I just want to talk about this real quick. Usually, I like to try and get no fuck it. We're gonna do the vamp, and I know some people who will be like, I can't listen to a podcast if they talk about bullshit for ten minutes before the subject matter. That's what we do. Fuck that. That's part of podcasting. Every host does it. I'm not serial. We're the Uncommonwealth Podcast. But anyways, the Burger King. Why do you like his twiddling fingers up your bunghole so you, much? Do you really want me to go into why? Yes. Okay. So when I was sick, when I was six years old and I had like a flu or something, I... Uh, the Burger King came in and Well, I, I, I was... Uh, no. <laughs> shoved his burger. My my aunt uh, came by and stopped by uh, to, to hang out with me mm-hmm. and, and, and watch like Jurassic Park with me or something. And oh, she brought me a little, little Burger King... Like little little I've just, I've never had it before that when I was six and I was and I was okay. in bed with the flu and I was like this is really nice it made me think of you know my aunt and so this and, is why um, you love BK yeah a, ge- genuinely a, this is this is the reason thing. why it's my like, favorite it's a, it's a good thing <laughs> it's, it's, it's when you when you associate like a happy memory with a brand that was that but you and fucked a be- I bet it's, you it's terrible a though because whopper, though, it's terrible no I haven't but it's terrible though because now I'm I'm a big boy and the happy memory caused me to become a big boy so. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure... Remember when they did a Philly cheesesteak burger? Fuck Burger King. Yeah, and then they had the balls to like have the commercials. Where they're like, they're we like, came oh, to Philadelphia. This is pretty good. Oh. Fuck um, off. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm home alone for the weekend, and I, I ordered some, some Burger King takeout, okay? And there's a big bag of it in, on yeah. my kitchen... Used the ketchup and, as lube and the and, butt as a fleshlight. And and, and and Bill came by and he saw it and he gave me a look like, are you okay, man? Do you need, do you need help? Do, you need, do I need to come cook for you? Are you lonely, dude? Like, you have more than just the Burger King. You know, <laughs> he, all he wants is your loyalty and your... And your Pound of flesh. Yeah. He's taxing you. Uh, we got away from the monarchy, Anastas. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of monarchs, very, very timely, right? You want to get into it? <laughs> yeah, sure. You want to go for it, Bill? Yeah, I'll start her off. <laughs> um, so French Asylum uh, is in an area of PA that we haven't really talked about a mm. whole lot. Nope. Um, it's in Bradford County, which is in the upper tier, the northern tier. Yeah, it's um, like maybe 50 miles away from, from Binghamton in, yeah. in, in New York across the border. Yeah, it's real close to New York. And it's like up there, like Brad, you always hear like Bradford, Tioga, all yeah. those areas, and yep. they always have like the bad snow. They get messed up. I actually, I was driving my way back from uh, upstate New York, and I went through there during a snowstorm like last no, last month. And it was here; it was just snow, it was just raining. Yeah, and up there, I it like took, they're getting pounded. It got it was not a fun drive. It yeah, was I'll white, bet not. White knuckle the whole way. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a joke about that. 
just drive your safe. Yep. It's yep. important. Yep. Be be aware of your surroundings. Bill, I could still, we could see Bill trying to come up with something related to white knuckles and hard grips, and he he, he just had to let that one go. But I, just, I saw I, in his eyes it was bubbling. You jerked off during that snowstorm, didn't you? No. You just pulled over and just made it rain and made it snow inside inside too. That's, that's not what white knuckle means. <laughs> you just white knuckled your own. Uh, oh God. Driving oh, shaft and Bill. Oh man. Made um, the inside of the car match the outside. Uh, so this we're we're, t- we're taking a, st- a time hop back in the 1790s, right? So we right, right. I don't think we've done many episodes around this time period. No, we've well, done like before and after, mainly in the 1800s and yeah, a few earlier. But and, yeah, so this is this is a new in that aspect as well. Correct. But French Asylum was built in 1793. It was actually a planned community uh, or planned settlement, and that's a little different than like. Settlements, they're just like, oh, here's land. We're gonna, we're gonna build here now. Right, right. Like it was set aside for French refugees, mm-hmm. and it was mainly targeted towards people fleeing the French Revolution and also the slave uprisings in what was then Saint Dominique. Saint Dominique was a French colony on the Caribbean island of Hispaniola, um, <clears throat> and it lasted from 1659 to 1804. Right. And it's now Haiti. Right. Yep. I think we've all heard about the Haitian Revolution. And- exactly. Yeah. And so this was this was designed to help save the uh, the wealthy upper class from the fucking slaveholders. Fr- yeah. yeah. So it, hooray, I guess. Like it sticks in my craw. Yeah. And then we also have the second the second part of that, or probably the the main the, driver. The main of this. Part, yeah. These were the people who came more. Like you got definitely got rich slave owners who right. fled, but it was mainly. Uh, people fleeing the French Revolution who were like ar- aristocrats, right? Um, and the revolution began in set words. We're, we're going to talk about the French Revolution more than maybe you guys thought. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uh, uh, a, a nice primer because I, I think it's important to understand like the where they why. were coming from. Yes. Yeah. So, and I personally, I find the French Revolution fascinating. Mm-hmm. It is one of my favorite aspects of European history because there's just so much that happened. So, if to tie it into modern day context, we just went through thirty four days or whatever it was of, of government, government shutdown. shutdown. Yeah, and I saw I've seen this on Twitter many times from different sources, or sources, different people mm-hmm. saying, "Wow, thirty four days and no one marching the streets, no one's being taken out of their right. taken out of their offices and 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 tarred and feathered." You know what I mean? Like it's we have a different feel and vibe to how we view government and authority. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the French did for up to a certain point, but they they changed things. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, even now they're with the protests even now, in France. The cops joined them. It's a different vibe, yeah. And it's just it's quite a time. Yeah, quite what a time, time to be alive. What a time to be alive. For the French Revolution began in 1789, and usually people point to the Stormy of the Bastille on June 14th, 1789, as July. like. Did I say my June? birthday? Oh my god, dude! I'm sorry. Bill, it's July 14th, Bill? 1789. It's my birthday. I just I wanted that date to be special for you. <laughs> uh, uh, oh fuck me. Yeah, it's okay. The the yeah, freeing political prisoners from the Bastille and marching down to Versailles. Yeah, that same day. I'm pretty, pretty sure. Yep. Yep. They always talk about like the massacre of the Bastille, but I think only like three people got shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 If uh, if you've ever seen or played Assassin's Creed, they can yeah. do a pretty decent job of it. Really? Because it's I haven't they played there that many, one. Yeah, pretty interesting. Everything relates to video games. 
So many people have learned their history from Assassin's Creed. And you know what? Not a bad thing. Unless I, I would like to work for those games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, Ubisoft. You want to you throw, you, throw you, me a job? <laughs> Ubisoft. Hey. <laughs> Mel erectile dysfunction. Yeah. But uh, back to the revolution. Basically, after a bunch of a few years of yeah. of, of people dying people dying the republic was established but you know robespierre made it so you wanted you didn't want to be in paris yeah if well, you had, you had to get of, the fuck out if you had any kind of status or life prior to the revolution even robespierre if, made it so you didn't want to be there I mean, even if you were there, there's nobility and then there's nobility right yeah yeah, yeah. so there's people who are like the Just, insanely rich and, and distantly related to those people and then yeah you have people who are like country rich is what they called it a lot, mm. and and you see it, it's all throughout history. You see it a lot in England, but it's people who are like just they they're still don't get me wrong they're still more than peasants they're more than right. the proletariat, but often they're just like still sending their kids to work as artisans and right. stuff right because they don't have money. Yeah. So and even, even in those level, people were like yeah fucking kill them yeah. And you know if you look at it from our point of view here in the states. A lot of really influential people, especially in the yep. southeast part of, of, of the state in Philadelphia, really sympathize with the French because of their impact. They've been the allies revolution. during the war. Exactly. And the, the, sorry, the American Revolution. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they, they saw it as, as a way to help their kind, but also they can make some money from that as well, too. Oh, and, yeah, they and, definitely. And who are seeing these names, Bill? So the th- there's three big ones. First one is Stephen Gerard, uh, or maybe it's Stefan. Mm. Maybe, yeah, because PH. Maybe. Not sure. Maybe. But he was French-born. He was a naturalized American. And he was a philanthropist and banker. Never never heard of a poor banker. <laughs> so <laughs> I funny. we should probably do an episode on him sometime. You know, like, Gerard is named after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, this yeah, guy this was is, important. This is, this is the street. And he... I Maybe Gerardville's named after him, too, actually. That makes sense. Yeah. But... He personally saved the U.S. government from financial collapse during the War of 1812 and became, like, one of the richest people in America, like, ever. Like, the fourth richest person at that time. By personally saved, you mean, like, just dipped into his own pockets? He, yep. He pulled a Bill Gates? Yep. That's exactly... Like, uh, he supplied the government with money so they could beat the British. Yeah. You take that UK, not at the time UK, um, England. England? Were they Great Britain yet? We I did this last time, too. Great, they might have been Great Britain at that point. So let's pop into someone else. A probably someone you, if you are a history, you may have heard yeah. his name. But Robert. I mean, Morris there's Jr., there's a college right? named after him too. Uh, in outside of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, right? Yep. Yeah. Robert Morris University, right? Robert Morris Jr. was English born. Um, he was a merchant and financier, or financier. Same fucking thing. Same thing or whatever. <laughs> um, and he was also a founding father. Like that's what he's most well known for. He served as a member of the PA legislature, the Second Continental Congress, and the U.S. Senate. He signed the Declaration, the Articles of Confederation, and the Constitution. So he must have been one of the few to sign all three then, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty ballsy. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, he's a brave dude. Yeah, that's... that's. Put that's your name a, to those documents. Like, one, one of our daddies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he um, he was an important dude. We There was a, a girl I went to high school with, Tara... I might say her last name because I don't know if she like wants all that information out there. Reed, yeah, Tara Reed. Yep. Um, but she went to Robert Morris for like a semester or a year, and then mm-hmm. she transferred out. But she was so excited to go there, and she'd always be like, "I'm going to Robert fucking Morris." So we'd always be like, "I'm Tara. I'm going to Robert fucking Morris." 
<laughs> and Tara, if you listen, like, I, lo- I love you. Congratulations on your wedding. Um, but it was just, God, we were dicks, and I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just good when you it's look a back, great school. When you, look, when you look back at yourself, and you're like, wow, I was mean. I was a bad person. Uh, and well, who's the third one, right? The third one was not as well known, but he was, his name was John Nicholson. And he was the PA Comptroller General. He ran the books. Yeah, the I mean, it's an important state. job. Yeah. Oh, very much so. So, like, and there were others involved, but these were kind of, like, the big three. Mm-hmm. And uh, important guys, huh? Yeah, big influencers. And yeah. so, how much land... Instagram they... influencers. <laughs> but, yeah, they're Bella Hadid. That's who they are. Yeah. And uh, the fucking Jenner people. <laughs> Jen, uh, Kendall? Yeah, Kendall and Chloe well, and... Whatever. Kardashians. Um, so, how much land did they buy? They got sixteen hundred acres of land. That's a lot of land. Yeah, so it is. And it was it wasn't anything that was maintained already. It was just no, wilderness. This was all wilderness. This was the frontier still, like and it's still pretty wild up in there if you mm. think about it realistically. Yeah, like, yeah. It's those yeah. are those are woods woods. It's not right. some of the other places in PA that are more tamed. Yeah. So what what was the plan? Like what were they what was it was it different little villages or what was their goal? I don't know if they were Hoping to, I think eventually, like the goal was to have several different and, little and villages, expand, right? Yeah, or or maybe good sized towns. I, because I think they thought, oh, we'll get all these aristocrats with their wealth, mm-hmm. and the people will want to live by them because they'll need their, ser- you know, they'll want to service them, right? And it'll just be like so, a, basically, a, basically an economic boom, basically transporting. Like like, like it, the like the top trickle down economic exactly. deal where you transport the really elite and you have to help services with them. Yeah, interesting. So yeah. It worked for a little while. They laid out an area of 300 acres, which is still a lot of land. Yeah. Um, as a town. And I think like they probably gotcha, thought this gotcha. was going to be like a city. Gotcha. And that plot included a two-acre two market square, a grid of broad streets. So like they're uh, planning major, for like... Yeah. I think they wanted Philadelphia North. Gotcha. And something to compete with New York. Hmm. And then 413 lots, and they were approximately one half acre each. Gotcha. So that's not okay, bad. That's a pretty sizable little little yeah. town if you, you want to jumpstart something. Solid. And when and people started arriving that same year, right, in 1793? Yeah, they, they started coming in in the fall. Um, these mainly included royalists who were loyal to King Louis XVI, and he had actually been executed by guillotine in January of 1793. Right, so you're talking about just nine, ten months later then. Yeah, and they were just like, oh, fuck, we got to get out. Gotcha. Like you said, Robespierre wanted to fucking kill people. Yes. And he did kill people. A he lot killed people. a lot of other people. Yep. Like, it's yep. a reason it's called the Reign of Terror. Yeah. So they all had to flee imprisonment, like, and possible death. Right. More than likely death. Right. Should, uh, we, should we shift and talk a little bit about the about the other the other yep. portion of, of the community or the other portion of the exiles, I guess? Absolutely. Why don't you lay that on me? Sure thing. Yeah. So these exiles arrived from, again, what is now Haiti, but then called Saint-Dominique. And uh, they were they were escaping the slave uprisings that were broke that broke out a couple of years prior to yeah. 1791, and these uprisings were inspired by the Declaration of the Rights of Man and the Citizen of the French Assembly. So this this document yeah. was written during the French Revolution, right? Or I think in 18, 1789, I think, I've, or yeah, 1790. I so. I maybe it was. I think it was a little after, after the, the beginning. Tennis it was after the Tennis Court Oath, right? And. No, it was... Oh, I'm sorry. Right here. It was written in 1789. Perfect. Yeah. So it was... Notes help you out, this, right? This is what I do. <laughs> I'm really impressed that I was quite close, though. That was... Yeah, that was a good guess. <laughs> Excuse me. But yeah, it was written in 1789, and it was it was a human civil rights document. 
that detailed the rights of, of citizenry and it condemned harsh treatment of citizenry. So basically right. saying if you're a citizen, you have a certain degree of, of basic human rights. Exactly. And, which is groundbreaking. Because even if you look at the Magna was, Carta, for example, that was more... I mean, th- it has some in there. A little bit, but that, that's more of in context of from the government's point of view where right. I, I, am, I am a citizen and uh, I, I have... Because I am subject myself to you, the king, or you, the government, these are the rights I, I, well, I expect. Versus this document is more, I am human, I, these, these are God-given rights that shouldn't have right. anything to do with a governing body. And it, it's funny, it's highly influenced by American documentation. Yeah. Which is funny that it's like, and then the, some of the Americans are being like, hey, we'll take your rich people. We'll take yeah. the people you're trying Mo- to kill. Mo- like, money, money talks, yeah, and that that is that's a really good point to make. Oof. Because Jefferson worked really closely with the French, right? Yes, Uh-oh. he did. And, uh, and, and it was ben- actually something that he and John Adams disagreed about. Was one of their falling outs? What reasons oh. they had to fall out? W- were they the ones that died the same day? Yes. Mm. Also, Ben Franklin as well too, but the, he was he was more of more of a. I think Ben Franklin was more of a just. Getting things done for he was a pragmatist. Gain. Yeah, yeah. But he, he not that he wasn't an idealist as well. But I think overall, in context of the American Revolution, he was like, "This is what we need to do to survive." Right. Um, so let's talk about some some uh, rumors, I guess, or I guess one of the big drivers of yeah of the movement. So legend has it that Marie Antoinette, who she was continued as the Queen of France right. at this time, that she was supposed to come here. And again, continued because Louis got his head chopped off. Right, and she was like queen in name only. Exactly, like, let's so be honest. Just had just had the the title, and she she was uh, she was kept under guard, right? Yeah, and yeah. she tried she and to, her two children. She tried to escape as well, too, I believe. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you? A couple times, but yeah, her two surviving children were, were there, and the, they were they were supposed to go to Pennsylvania, right? So that's the rumor. That's mm. the legend. We don't have it documented for sure it wouldn't be surprising yeah well i i mean my first thought was she probably would have gone to austria right if anything but that might not have been that might have, but, they might have been looking out for her there right at the border so That's, and it's very close they yeah. fought a lot yeah they so were fighting at this time could well, have been extradited as well too right if if you know later on when napoleon were to call exactly but again that's she probably didn't have that in her mind because napoleon took salzburg he exactly. like, took Austria. He yeah. took like the fortress in Salzburg that had yeah. never been taken. So it, may, it would make it would make sense for her to go out a, a different route. Yeah, at least an option. And an ocean is a lot harder to cross than some mountains. Much much harder. She never made it here. Right. I mean, I think we all know that. But she was executed via guillotine in October 1793. Right. So just you know, if you if you look at some of the early arrivals in the fall, that falls right in line there. So right. Yeah. The they, timing. So. The aristocracy was, some of the aristocracy was able to get away. Mm. She was not, um, if she was ever going to come here. Yeah. And she was, I mean, a total political death. Uh, I, I think yeah. it's important to provide some context about her. Yes. Like, I think, I think we need to, I think we need to talk about her because there's a lot of, a lot of things that, she's, she's a good example of how propaganda yeah. from the time helped solidify history to work right. for, to work for a certain goal. Exactly. Because you know they paint her in a really bad way. You know, it's another one. Hmm. Napoleon being short. Napoleon wasn't short. Napoleon he wasn't short. They, they had a different. They had a different. It's not a metric. So they, had, they had a different way of uh, of measuring of measurements. So it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't the imperial 
way of measuring people. Right. Right. So a five and five three or five four was really five eight or five. Right. Seven like he was that. average. He, was like average he wouldn't have yeah. stood out today as being super short. No. He's honestly he's probably about your height. Probably about my height. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know like some of his political opponents also spread that around to discredit him. Right. But it was much worse for Marie Antoinette. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna go into yeah. it. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's do it. Marie Antoinette was born as an Archduchess of Austria to Empress Maria Theresa and Francis I, the Holy Roman Emperor, mm-hmm. um, which is just like, that's a lot of place. Yep. That's, that's, I rec- a lot of, that's basically all of Central and a lot of Eastern Europe. Yeah. I recently read a thing that was like, might as well just call the Holy, Holy Roman Emperor Empire Germany. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, but... You could just call it Europe. Yeah, kind basically. of. She was the second youngest child and the youngest daughter. Um, she became the Dauphine of France. Dauphine? Dauphin? Dauphin? I, I, I thought that was I, the... I thought Dauphin uh, was of male. male. Yeah. That's why I think... I, I think it's Dauphine. Dauphine, yeah. Janet was here. She could tell us. She would tell us, yeah. That was, we that, fucked up! <laughs> <laughs> that was in, uh, in, in uh, May of 1770, though, right. when she married Louis Auguste. Yeah. Did I say it? I, that's how I would say it, yeah. Louis Auguste. She was little, right? She was 14? Yeah, she was 14. I mean, they married younger then. Yeah. 14's young. Very young. Oof. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to take on the world. And then you get married off into, you know, a position of power, which eventually leads to your death. So I guess yeah, they, like, I guess it went from a low to a high to a major low. Yeah. <laughs> right? Her story's sad. It is a little sad. I know sad. like people don't pity her because they think she's just this flighty, rich woman. But again, that came from propaganda. Right. And also, like, she's still a woman in the 1700s. Yeah, that's true. Like, I, I know you're rich. Fuck, it's still not easy. Like, you were sold off as breeding a political, stock. A political pawn. Po- political political, political alliance. For bre- basic, you're basically breeding stock. Right. Yes, you have things. Things don't make people happy, though. I mean, they do. Don't get me wrong. They do. But they. I, I don't know if she was ever, like, truly a happy person. No. Uh, and we'll, we'll obviously never know, but, um, but I mean, but, she did eventually become queen, though. She did. Which is, you know. That's pretty a, cool. It's entitled. That's, that's yeah. pretty neat. But that was in 1774, correct? In, yeah. In, on May 10th, I believe. Yeah. She became, because uh, Louis took the throne and became Louis the Sixteenth, Right. And she became the Queen of France and Navarre. And then in September 1791, she became the Queen of the French um, because the French Revolution was gained steam and, like, Navarre was gone. Like, right. they didn't have it anymore. Right. And so, Queen of the French was, like, the title they gave her instead right. of Queen of France, which I the think... The French peeps. Yeah. Like, they were like, you're the queen of the people, not the land. Again, yeah, moving back towards that view of the government and how it relates to people. Yeah. So, shifting shifting the power positions. And then, she held that position until September 21st, 1792. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of rumors that were going around that... Basically, shit the public public opinion. Yeah. Hashtag fake news. <laughs> it is. And it is. It's yeah. a lot of fucking fake news. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that had to do with like promiscuity. Uh, promiscuity. Yeah. These were the big, and, that's uh, the big one. Yeah. And it's like, France is still pretty heavily Catholic at this time. Yes. So a that's a, that's a big no, no. So like you said, they grew to dislike her and it was because of rumors about her profligacy and promiscuity. Um, they said she just spent like crazy. Like she mm-hmm. would just throw money at these lavish parties and, and these, and I'm talking like, when I'm talking lavish parties, I'm talking like Roman Bacchanalia type of stuff, mm-hmm. like wine pouring on people, fucking in, you know, alcoves, fucking snorting coke off, 
each other's tits and asses and dicks. <laughs> that cocaine then, definitely, right? <laughs> they didn't have cocaine in it, they? Cocaine's old. I don't know how <laughs> old. <laughs> but, so, I, mean, I mean, snuff existed, tobacco. There's all yeah, kinds, of, yeah. like, their drugs have been around forever. Right. But it's it's that end of it, but it's also probably the, the, the source of... Of those rumors is because she did have an influence on the politics of the day. She, she did. Or she did, obviously, before the revolution. And they viewed her as a threat. Yeah. So they disapproved of her meddling. Yeah, meddling, right. Because um, they saw her as an interloper, as this Austrian who was out for yes, Austrian exactly. value. That's a big one that we didn't point out until just now. But yeah, she she didn't... She wasn't French. Yeah. She wasn't French. She, she yeah. wasn't French. And they didn't like it. Because, yeah, I think France and Austria are close. And at mm-hmm. that time, they're closer Right. And they fought a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's always like, oh, the French fight with the English. Like, that's who they fight with. No, 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 no. A lot with They fight with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> they fought with the Spanish. They fought with the Germans. They fought with the Austrians. You know, everybody fought in Europe. And she had a habit of elevating various favorites to positions of power. Mm-hmm. And she did this with a specific couple. I can't remember their name now. The Pelognac or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, probably butchered the pronunciation. Yeah. But... They were like lower level noble, and she put them like at court financier or something like that. Right, and pissed off all the pissed off a lot yeah. of people. And then she also was instrumental in prodding King Louis the Sixteenth to aid the North American colonies uh, against Great Britain and uh, securing an Austrian and Russian uh, support for France against Great Britain. People didn't like that. Right. I mean, one, it was really expensive. For, for and that's yeah, that exactly was one of the main reasons. But she established a neutral league that was instrumental in stopping Great Britain's assault against the Thirteen Colonies, which also makes me think maybe that's part of why she yeah. would have gone there. Yeah, um, it's apparently it's believed that she didn't much care about the state of the American colonies, but was more involved with court factionalism. And um, I have a belief that she might have been influenced by some of those court ladies that Ben Franklin was seducing, which we'll talk uh, about when we, ben when we talk episode, about yeah. more Ben Franklin stuff. But, you know, like she listened to her courtiers, mm-hmm. you know, her ladies in waiting. And she it's very possible that they influenced her to support the colonies as well. And she was just kind of like, fuck it. Yeah, I'll listen to these guys because I don't like these guys. Yeah, yeah, and and once once you do that, you create immediate enemies that right, like animosity is going to grow, resentment's going to boil up. Yeah, and there are also rumors of her, like you said, we mentioned promiscuity before. Yeah, you know, obviously lavish parties as well too. But she also was rumored to have like a lover, uh, what a Swede, right? Yeah, so he was uh, Otto. His name was Otto von Fersen. Oops, I'm sorry, my notes have moved. Oh, it was, uh, it was uh, Axel von Fersen, right? Yeah, thank you. I said Otto, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, Axel von Fersen, right? Who was, yeah. uh, he was, but he was Swedish, though. Right? He was Swedish. Yeah, he was a Swedish count. Um, he has really impressive titles, actually. All right, go for it, then. Do you have him? Yep. He was a Swedish count, marshal of the realm of Sweden, a general of the horse in the royal Swedish army, one of the lords of the realm, realm aide-de-camp to Ro- Rochambeau in the American Revolutionary War, and he was also a diplomat and statesman. The realm of Sweden. I just like it. They're, pretty, kinda, badass. they're pretty badass names, dude. <laughs> like, part of me is like, fuck aristocracy, fuck, fuck the monarchy. Like, I get it, but also I'm like, pretty cool. Fuck, I would like to have that title. That would be pretty badass, huh? I'm a general of the horse. <laughs> general hmm. of the horse. Peasant, bring me more wine. <laughs> like, oh, do you, Do you think they actually boned, or do you think that was just a, uh, 
what do I think call they, it? I think they did actually. You think they did? Uh, that one I think is true. Um, uh, well, I don't know. They were said to be great friends. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of the crown. <laughs> <laughs> a dick friend of the crown. She's Axel. I've gone to the veranda with me. Hmm. Yes, my lady. And then they. <laughs> she comes back in, wig askew. Just she comes flush. in, fl- yeah, flush buttons buttoned wrong on his military jacket, and Louis there. Did you have a lovely gaze at the French Riviera? <laughs> How was the rose garden? Did you do you enjoy Versailles? It Care- was built by my ancestor. Care for some brandy? Care hmm. for cigar? Brandy cigar? I've got this new thing from the America. Tobacco. (laughs) And she's just like, yes, Axel, everything's fine. And Axel's like, yes, fuck. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Shit. Fuck. Balls. I can't do anything right. (laughs) Fuck. Anyways, I do think they were lovers. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If Uh, not lovers, very close friends. Because you... Hey... Men and women can be friends without trying to fuck. Gonna say it now. I also think she was very lonely. Yeah, well, I, I was gonna say uh, it's an arranged marriage, basically. Yeah, and and if she found some happiness with him, like fuck off. Who yeah. gives a shit? Yeah. Well, and again with the with the promiscuity thing, like that may have been true, but it, there was also, I mean, th- that specific situation may have been true, but when you have really. Uh, concerted efforts to bring this message across in terms of yeah. the press where you have things that are put in the newspaper about her that makes me think it's something more than just a fling it may that was probably just manufactured uh, for instance yeah. there, there were there were pamphlets that were that were circulated around paris detailing yep. really crazy like, like sexual situations full on deviancy <laughs> that were you know she'd be in, in in situations with like court figures that people would know and yeah. uh, from like you know some of Louis's relatives to to to, to like his dad, like, right? Like, and and it's, the, it's fucking crazy. the Duchess, like the Duchess de Pelagdac, the one that I mentioned right, earlier, right? And like they were like crazy farcical. Like I mean, hey, kinks are kinks. Do whatever the fuck you want, as long as you're not hurting animals or kids. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but also, like, I'm pretty sure it was stuff like hamster up the butthole. Yeah. Like shit. Don't ew. <laughs> no but like but like i'm pretty sure it was stuff like fit like fisting buttholes and yeah, like shitting God on damn. each other and fucking uh, just just alabama yeah. hot pockets <laughs> Ingl- the, uh, God. fucking the, probably the, um, the pittsburgh steamer yeah uh, there's so many. I can't remember oh, any of them now um strawberries okay. and cream the white dragon god the, god god Hey guys, yep. I'm sure most of you know what these things are. If you don't, don't Google them. <laughs> and they, lemon parties. But they also, oh God, lemon party, no. Meat spins. Blue, blue waffles. Blue waffles. They, but as an aside, they also paint her as a lesbian too, right? Yeah. So they, uh, it was publicly suggested that her supposed behavior was learned in the Austrian court. and <laughs> Again, the foreigner. Yeah, like, well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, but it's super easy to do that. Oh, yeah. And it like particularly lesbianism, which was known as the German vice. Which is hilarious like, to me. Like, fuck off. Just, just, when you say that, I just think of like people like in Berlin in the 80s, just in all black and like spiky hair. 
<laughs> just like, I think of like my nihilists. <laughs> just like hmm. Cigarette, obviously. <laughs> hmm. Yes. I do love the German vice. Calmly leather daddy. I need you to burn the cigarette out on my butt. And you shall call me Marie Antoinette. <laughs> Shave my chest and slap me in the face. I will shit on you. You will piss on me. It will be love. Come! Come, Adolf! <laughs> we fuck now. And they, they go down. Yeah, they go down and they, they get, get into it. And you know what? Fuck yeah. Get it. Oh, they're also covered. In leather? In leather. Yep. The whole time. Anyway. There's no actual fluids exchanged. <laughs> so, uh, to chip gears away from the naughty sex jokes... There, another one of the big rumors was that she was basically protecting Austrians under the French, yeah. un, under under, under her French, French yeah. uh, protection or her French nobility. And that's like one of the worst things that could have been said about her. Yeah, like you don't the, the, to be like you don't give a shit about our national interests. You only care about your homeland. Yeah, which I I guarantee you she had a soft spot for Austria. Oh yeah, like. How could you not? You're from there. You were raised there until you were 14. She only lived to be like 37. Yeah, which is wild. That yeah, a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of terrible shit happened to her. Uh, and along those lines, right? So she like it was protecting people, Austrians under right. the god, stealing from the French crown. Yeah. So this like, is like the thing that ruined her reputation. It's called the the affair of the diamond necklace. It's you could go into it, into it. We're not going to, mm-hmm. but. What it boils down to is there was a rumor that Marie Antoinette had knowingly participated in a crime to defraud the crown jewelers of the cost of an expensive diamond necklace. Hmm. Like, that she was just like... This is mine now. I steal it. Yeah, pretty much. And, like, short paid them. But that's the thing that, like, ruined her reputation with the French court. And again, with, with... With uh, fake news, yeah, like she what... likely never said, let them no, eat no. cake. She never said it. Yeah. I'm not even going to say give a likely. She never said it. Because it originally appeared in Jean-Jacques Rousseau's autobiographical work, Les Confessions. Confessions? I don't know. The Confessions. The Confessions. Yeah, whatever. Which was, it was finished in 1767. Now, it wasn't published until 1782. Right. But the phrase was actually, finally I recalled the stopgap solution of a great princess who was told that the peasants had no bread and who responded that let them eat brioche. It was likely apocryphal. Fuck. Me. That's a hard word to say, though. Yes, it is. Apocryphal. It was likely apocryphal. Hmm. I mean, if he finished the book in 1767, it first of all, it preceded her arrival in France. France. In 1770, right? That's yeah. Like, yeah. So it's possible Rousseau like just completely made it up. Right. And just was like, yeah, like some rich asshole said this. Because like, Jean-Jacques Rousseau was not a good man either. Hmm. But yeah, so it just got falsely attributed to her. And Was Rousseau the, the blank tablet? Tableau? Is that oh, him? Boy, I'd is, have that, to, is that a different result? Is that not John Jock? I don't remember. Yeah. Tabula Rasa. I think it might have been him. Yeah, it might have been him. I'd have to look back. I'd have anyway, to... didn't mean to cut you off there. That was no, you're good. <laughs> totally necessary. But, uh, but anyway, I think I think it was important for us to talk about Marie Antoinette because she was one of the drivers of well, people like who were like, "Let's get to fucking French Asylum." Also, yeah. like, I I like to clear up misconceptions about her. Yeah. But the big thing is like, you have to remember. She was 
a she was always rich. The yeah. Habsburgs had more money than God. Right. Like she was never really that probably never that comfortable with the French people or the French court. Mm-hmm. And she's just a for like she's some poor foreigner foreign girl who gets married off to this dude that she's probably never met before or mar- met like a total of three times. Probably with a small penis. Anyway. Jesus. Yeah, probably. Who doesn't? <laughs> um, and, you know, she just... She never stood a chance in French politics. They were very different from Austrian politics. Yeah, yeah she never stood a chance. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Never stood a chance. Because uh, I... Like, she was probably kind-hearted from things I've read and maybe a little dim and just was not prepared for what was happening. For the Hannity's of the world. Yeah. But, yeah, exactly. But I mean, the Alex Jones just, just just her name alone caused people to, to it caused yeah. the French asylum to become bigger than bigger than it may have actually been. Yeah, uh, I mean, like more, at least more investment or more diverse. People kind of were excited, right? And then so the settlement itself fi- soon had you know just because of the rumors of her coming. Um, several small shops, a schoolhouse, a chapel, and a theater also along the Market yeah. Square. The theater's the one that really, like... Yeah, because the queen was coming to live in Pennsylvania, right. which is wild. That's crazy. They had a grist mill, a blacksmith shop, and a distillery. And they, like, they kept cattle and sheep. There was fruit trees and gardens. Like, right. granted, these are things that most settlements need. Yeah, but... They likely wouldn't have done this this early. Right. And like some of them the theater. Were, yeah, the theater's the big one. You're like, wow. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they even built the... The La Grande Maison. I don't know how to pronounce that. Maison. Maison. Uh, but guess. The, it's the, a big guess. The, the big... Well, Maison means house, but the uh, the big house... The grand house. Yeah. Which is a, a two-story log structure, and it was 84 feet long and 60 feet wide. It's fucking huge, It's man. big, dude. Yeah, and it was it was meant for... it was Or at least the, the theory is it was meant for Marie Antoinette and her children. Yeah. And then after she got her head chopped off, they used it as more of a public... Yeah, right. this is like social gatherings. Um, they would entertain people there. Um, Talleyrand and Louis Philippe were both entertained here. Nice. That's like crazy, the fact that those two were. Talleyrand was the first of Benevento, and he held many different positions right. throughout his life. He, he, he traveled to the States, right? And yeah, he right. lived here from 94 to 96, right. like, traveling around. Right. Um, and and he, he wrote, a, wrote a book about the States? I think so. Or like a... An account of the United States, I think. I believe so. Right. It's he's one of those like it's cool to be able to just be like Talleyrand. You know who Talleyrand like, yeah. but I know not. Maybe not a lot of people are familiar with him. Really interesting dive if you want to look into Talleyrand. But I like that he's one of those one name history people. You know, right? Like a uh, Napoleon. Napoleon, yeah. yeah. You know, like everybody knows Napoleon. <laughs> Genghis. I most people say Genghis Khan, but Khan just means king. It's a title, yeah. Yeah, King Genghis. But, uh, but I mean Methuselah. So we we had the, Jesus, we, <laughs> Madonna, <laughs> Elton. Oh God! <laughs> Sorry. W. Well, um, yeah, actually, people do that. NHW. So we had Clinton. Is Clinton one? JFK, FDR. Hillary. If you say Hillary, everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, when you look at Marie Antoinette, was French. Queen didn't end up coming to the states, but we did We're, have a French king come to yeah, come to Pennsylvania, which is really fucking cool, All actually. Right. So Louis Philippe uh, he visited PA in 1797, 
And uh, he initially supported the French Revolution. Right. And then he became the king of the French from 1830 to 1848. Right. 18-year reign. That's not yeah. bad. In 1848, that was another another war they had. Yes. Right. Another uh, revolution. Were those, yeah. student rebel- were those the student revolts? I um, don't 100% remember that one. But I know they had that one in 1848. Regardless. I remember. Uh, that's pretty cool. Like, we, the, he did visit that. So yeah. There. Just, so, like, come hang out. Yeah. So, hooray. That's we cool. We did have an ability to come. Yeah. I'm, we're getting all, like... Chub- we're getting chubbies for the nobility. Yes, we are. Yes, this is not me, my usual. Give me that French court. Mm. So, and a quasi-aristocratic French court did form during this period here. There we go. It didn't last because both Morris and Nicholson went bankrupt. And uh, money from French sources stopped coming into French. So, Morrison, uh, Morris, the, the big money bags, Morris? No, no, that was Gerard. Just Gerard, my bad. Okay. Robert Morris went. Okay. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, well, but so I mean, my, I guess I guess the makes th- money money getting cut off from the French. Do you think they bankrupted themselves trying to support the call, the settlement? Could be. I mean, that could be that. I, I mean, mean, probably some other business ventures as yeah, well. But I'm sure but, I'm sure this was a drain on them too. Yeah, probably didn't help. And I, I think one of the big ones was people instead of coming from France to lovely North PA, they went farther south to New Orleans, right? And Savannah uh, and Charleston, Charleston, Savannah. You know, which. I th- well, I don't know. I haven't been to France. It has all kinds of different. I mean, South South France is nice and warm, but I mean, New Orleans makes sense just because of the, the the previous. Well, yeah, there had been a lot of French people there. Exactly, already. that makes sense to me. Charleston, Savannah, I guess in terms of just trade and weather yeah. and and mainly just trade, that that may have made sense. But well, they're both on the water too, right? On the water, yeah, yeah. They're but yeah, Savannah River and the I don't know what rivers in Charleston, but. And yeah. some people also returned after Napoleon. Yeah. Power, right? Yeah, they would, would go back to Saint-Dominique or France. and Because uh, after 1799, he was like, you can come back. Come back now. Like, We're not going to You're all you. French. Yeah, yeah. Napoleon's a fascinating guy. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Fascinating guy. But there were there were a lot of prominent families that stayed yeah. in Pennsylvania. They though. stuck around. The Laportes, uh, Homes, Lefebvre's, Fevres, it looks like far with an A. I was, was, was going to say, too. Without the A. Uh, the Brevos and the D'Autremonts. Sounds like you're doing a great job with this. Thank you. They're all guesses. I'm sure somebody who speaks French, mainly my mother, will, will having a heart attack. text me or call me. She'll call me and be like, this is what you mispronounced. You're a fool. You fucking idiot. <laughs> and I'm but, like, but they moved away from they moved away from that community and then went, they just kind of... Yeah, they just kind of dispersed among other local communities and... By 1803, the community had become a ghost town. Yeah, that's uh, uh, it's a shame. It's a little sad. Yeah, a little, I mean, it basically, if you look at it from take, take a couple steps back, your city was built on trying to trying to save the wealthy from an uprising. Also, that yeah, but also but also like yeah. trying to save lives, trying to save lives. Yep, you know, yeah. Not every revolution has to be violent. I guess is you know yeah. But it's tough. I don't, hmm. Yeah, it's it's not an easy thing to to parse through. But I mean, it's nothing's there anymore, correct? N- correct. So there were more than fifty structures that were built. They've all they all fell down or you know fell apart. Right. It, they like used wood. Right. Yeah. Um, and the house and garden plots were absorbed by later settlements. Like other people came right. in and moved into that area. Right. But there's something uh, there though. There is. So the Laporte house was built in 1836 and it's by the son of one of the founders, like French founders of the co- 
of the settlement. Right. I almost said colony. I was like, it's not a colony. Yeah. Not really. Um, that wouldn't have lasted very long. <laughs> <laughs> no. And it now functions as the house museum. And they, they've built like replica buildings. Mm. And this was, but, this, was the pl- this is what you visited that was closed? Yeah. It's managed by French Asylum, Inc. Uh, it's a nonprofit corporation founded in 1954, and it's administered by the PA Historical and Museum Commission. Nice. It's, it's a good thing to still have. Yeah, because it, it is a good reminder of our place in history. Because like, just like you said earlier, you have these huge historical events that happen that impact the world, and different parts of the world are affected right. in really direct ways, but also indirect ways, too. Right. Like, in terms of these different families that came here and brought their influence. And, I mean, it's a it's a plot of land in North PA that could have been, you know? It could have been, could a, have been, it could have been a new com- Philadelphia. Could right. Have been, you know, it could have been a... Uh, new New Orleans. I mean... New Paris. You know, it, it, you it know could have I mean? been, it, yeah, it could have been anything. You know, it could have competed with Philly and Pittsburgh yeah. and New York like, as a hub. For instance, what, what, if, hub. what if, um, what if Marie Antoinette escaped... And they go there, right? And became a symbol of of, that, of that the French. Changes things completely. History it, is completely different. Exactly. Or if if by chance uh, one of one of these exiles began to you know, really really ju- drive up uh, some sort of influence. Yeah. Just yeah. think about the idea of an American colony harboring a former monarch. Mm. The geopolitical implications. Well, think are... about think about the guy, the Turkish president that right is exiled in the Poconos right now. Same thing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's really similar. Uh, oh, crazy. funny stuff. Yeah, it's funny. It's the same area. Yeah, I know. It's, I guess it's just wooded enough and yeah, not and no current French, no current Turkish. Yeah. yeah. But, well, I think that about does it for the episode. Again, yeah. this is this is an interesting episode because it's more focused on. An event that impacted Pennsylvania and impacted yeah. a really specific community that, and we take a couple steps back, didn't last very long. But no, I mean, seventeen, uh, ten years. Yeah, I mean, again, it's a footnote in in a in a, in a history book about the French Revolution that we kind of dive you know, like, in, like, into. Yeah. Oh, that's a neat little place. Like most people are just like, oh, that's a, like a neat little place. Yeah. But it's a, I would suggest going to the museum. I want to get there someday. Hmm. But it's a place that was, like you said, directly affected. And it's a window into geopolitical strife that you wouldn't think about. You know, people flee in the French Revolution to come to Pennsylvania, of all places. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. You would have thought New York. You you would have thought New York. You would have thought New York, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Do you, do you have, a, do you have a, a, a good town name for me there, Bill? Uh, I've got Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. We could did, we, we can do we a whole episode have, on we that. Had, we haven't done one yet on that, right? Nope. We'll, yeah. We'll, I, that that could be something. Jim Thorpe is a fascinating character. What, what, let's I mean, let's, let, let's go into the um, the details of the town. So where is the town located? So it's I guess it's technically the Poconos, isn't it? It is in the Poconos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not that far away nope. from us. Right next to Lake Mountchunk. Yeah, I visit a lot. Yeah, it used to be called Mountchunk. Yeah, but they changed the name because of so many like murders and hangings ha- taking place there, which we talked about in the Molly Maguire's episode. If you haven't right. listened, I'd suggest going back, taking a listen. Like people were leaving. Mm-hmm. So they changed the name from Mock Chunk to Jim Thorpe to generate tourism. It's it's that's all it's, it's all a total it is. Yep. tourism they, grab. They they bought. They have no relation to the man whatsoever. Not at all. The family disputes it. Yeah, they, they hate they, it. They they got his remains. Yeah, they won't give him back. They won't give his. They won't give the remains back. They they built their statues of him there. Yeah, it's it, crazy. It, it is. It like, is. Don't get me, he lived in Pennsylvania for about half a heartbeat. 
Yes. Yeah. He and went to the Carlisle school for a minute. Exactly. A Carlisle school that he was forced to go to. He hated it. He, he hated school. Because it was part of the program when they, they took Native Americans. Yeah, it was and, the Carlisle Indian school. Yeah. Which so, we'll have to cover someday. That's a really fascinating bit. I mean, it's the town's pretty cool. That's, a, that's there, a nice it's, little it's, town. It's a yeah. nice little town. The lake is beautiful up there. Man, Absolutely so beautiful up. lake. Man, it is really so fucked, fucked up. up. And it's it's. I didn't know that until after I started going there and like this is a cool place. And then you look at it, it was like so oh, many people fuck. think that he was from there. I did. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly the point. So when you when you have a tame name, the town name after him, you go there and you see a statue of him, and it's really again pretty nice, bustling little yeah. little uh, little square in the front, and then you have the the lake kind of. To the west part of the city, I think it's pretty cool. And then you get that same vibe. You think this is his town. He was, he was but he born was born in, in Oklahoma, I think. To born in Oklahoma, totally different yeah. kind of perspective on it now as as an adult like, versus when I was a was kid. Was it his like not his children's wife, but like because he he got divorced and remarried, right? I think so. Yeah, but I think like his it was widow, one of it was one of it was his widow, but it was also his children or put one of his children or his and his brother maybe like yeah. sold his remains and then oh like, so yeah 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 it was um it was one of his ex-wives and and, a, and like another fan member of his soldier remains yeah i don't know how much they paid for it but his uh grandchildren are trying to yeah they've been trying for years years to get him back take, take his remains take him back to oklahoma but yeah, yeah really fucked up so yeah. not not as fun of a town no man. um yeah again i mean i don't know what to say go visit it it's a really cool town Support you see where the molly mcguire's yeah. Were tried and hanged, some of them. But also, you're enabling. Right. That. And go to Sunbury instead if you want to see where Molly McGuire's were tried and hanged. Fuck yeah, that. you could do that. Save my town. There's no, there's no nice, my town. There's no nice lake, though, is there? There's, there's a river. Susquehanna River. It's can, can, you swim, can you swim in the river? Yeah, people do it all the time. Oh. They, they'll turn it into Lake Augusta in the summer. Oh, okay. They uh, blow up the Faber Dam, which is the largest inflatable flam in the country, maybe the world. Flam? Dam. Dam. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. It becomes Lake Augusta. And, uh, yeah, people boat, people jet ski, they tube, they swim, they fish. You're tickled by the fish. Yeah, it's got a little Northumberland Sunbury tourism <laughs> in there. There you go, tourism board. Thank you. We'll accept the check later. Yeah, visit <laughs> the like 16 wineries and breweries. Yeah. So uh, all in all, don't visit Jim Thorpe if you don't have to. Yeah, go to yeah. Sunbury, Northumberland. Yeah. Go to the East Ends, tell Jonah Bill sent you. <laughs> hey. Uh, uh, check us out on social media. And if you uh, see Steve Kern, punch him. You know, re- re- retweet if you <laughs> yeah. like the episode. Um, you want that information? It. Yeah, go for it. We're on Twitter at UncommonwealthP and Instagram at Uncommon. I almost said the <laughs> email for the Twitter. <laughs> I was like, oh wait. Um, we're on Instagram at Uncommonwealth Podcast, Facebook the Uncommonwealth Podcast. Uh, you can email us at UncommonwealthPodcast at gmail You can write something in French and send us a letter <laughs> and we will look at it and we'll say, I don't know how to read this and we'll give it to Janet. I'll have my wife look at it, yep. Um, you can we'll, we'll send Google us... translate the whole thing. You can whisper into your... <laughs> we will Google translate everything. Uh, you can whisper into your finery, dress as a French aristocrat and film it to us and send it and I will think, wow, that's a lot of dedication. Good mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. You can get Burger King, eat it. Think, think, think of Anastas. He'll know. He'll know. know you're eating fucking BK. Yep. He'll get this little twinge in his tum tum. Yep. And it'll be like, yep. and I'll the, somebody's eating the bag. It's really a disease. 
You can have some. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a disease where you want you get hungry every time someone looks. He's Burger King. It's terrible. <laughs> We've been looking for a cure for years. <laughs> we need your help. Oh man. Sarah McLaughlin plays in the background. Imagine it right now. And uh, just big if you can get that in, if eating, you can get that in post. Eat, eating uh, just me eating. Uh, just fucking shoveling chi- chicken fries or whatever. Crying, crying into his barbecue sauce. Chicken fries. Yeah. Slattering it all over his naked chest. Nobody knows why he's naked. Janet's oh. crying in the other room. The dogs are looking <laughs> at him, scared, <laughs> shivering. I had to drive away mournfully. Fly away. Sarah McLaughlin in the background, and I, I come out. We've got one eight hundred save Ani. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. That's me. With a donation of a dollar a day, you can help Anastas get over. <laughs> you can help me eat a salad for once, like a fat bastard. <laughs> We've been on a big Burger King joke lately. I'm not against. Uh, it. I like the Burger King as a as oh, a recurring character. I figured out who, what my favorite French cuisine is. What is it? Olive Garden. <laughs> Why, why is your favorite? Why is your favorite? Because when I'm there, I'm with family. Oh, <laughs> um, my French family. I. Uh, oh dear God! I think we're. I think that about does it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, man, for, I gotta go watch the Pro Bowl. <laughs> thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> best day of the year, Pro Bowl day. Yeah, you know? It's the best football I've ever seen. <laughs> Did you notice the fucking Monday night crew doing it? It's the Monday night crew. It's the doing Monday it? night crew. Uh, is, is he gonna is he gonna have the booger mobile? The, the... Uh, no, I guess they got rid of it because oh, so no. many people were throwing stuff at it. Oh my god. Uh, well, good old Sunny Orlando. Well, thank you everyone for listening. This has been yep. Anastasia. This has been Bill. We've been the Uncommonwealth Podcast. Bye. Bye.